This is the story of my journey from self-hate to self-love. Hello everyone and welcome to the very first episode of my brand new podcast. I'm going to be sharing all of the adversities and experiences that have shaped me into the person I am today and how I overcame so many different battles with loneliness, insecurity, relationships, self-worth, confidence, you name it, your girl has well and truly been through it. Now this is slightly different from the episodes to come but I wanted to start this way to allow you guys the opportunity to actually learn about me a little bit more deeply while also learning about arguably the most important aspect of becoming obsessed with yourself and that is falling in love with who you are at your core first. The impact that self-love can have on the trajectory of your life is huge and no one talks about it enough. Self-love is an energy source that motivates all of our good behavior. Think about it. If you are confident and if you believe that you can accomplish anything you put your mind to, you automatically assume that everybody likes you, nobody is judging you. When you work hard, you will succeed. You are then more motivated every single day to push yourself further. But a lack of this self-love energy can only encourage harmful behavior. And that's where we start self-sabotaging. That's when we hold ourselves back from opportunities. We stop ourselves from walking up to that person and talking to them because we just think they're going to start judging us. We procrastinate on our work because what's the point when we're probably going to fail anyway, right? Wrong. Our self-image has a direct correlation to the choices we make every single day. And that's why we have to work overtime before we think about anything else to make sure we're giving ourselves enough credit so that we can actually level up in life. In simple terms, this is really just about believing that you are that girl. Without self-love, you will search for that missing piece of validation from everyone and everything else in your life. And it's not until you finally give it back to yourself that you take your power back. And I'm going to be sharing my experience and my story with this journey in this episode. Now let's take it back all the way to the beginning because don't we know just how much of an effect our childhood has on the rest of our lives. Now I had a very unconventional childhood. When I was seven years old, my parents just decided to, you know, pack their bags and move to London for work without me. All of a sudden, they were three hours away, I lived with my grandparents, and I would see my parents literally a few times a month. And even though that wasn't normal, I thought life was great. That was until my parents got divorced when I was nine, and I saw my dad for the very last time on my 10th birthday. This was the beginning of a lot of emotional suppression and masking. I did not feel safe or comfortable to talk about this literal life-changing event. So I just pushed it down and I hid it every single day. And I started to comfort myself through the pain by telling myself that one day I would create a better life for myself. That is the only way I could get through it. And as a result of this narrative, your girl got lost in movies, like a lot. Seriously, every single weekend, every single day after school, I was at home, I would watch six movies in a row back to back and I just would not move. And they were always Bollywood or rom-com movies. And the reason for this was that it was like an escape for me. In a way, I felt like I was researching all of the possible outcomes of life through all of these different stories. And that way I could decide which one I wanted for myself. 
it taught me that I wanted a big life. It taught me I wanted to live in a big city, surrounded by lots of friends, going to parties, in love with my partner. Um, I had to have a walk-in closet. I had to be a successful business owner. I was exposed to all of these ideas from such an early age because of all of these stories I was watching on the screen. Eventually comes my very first day of high school. And from the second I walked through those gates, I immediately felt inadequate. Part of it was due to my living situation. I was raised by very traditional South Asian grandparents. And as a result, I was raised in a different way from a lot of my peers and friends. I had very unique interests. I had a very different day-to-day routine. So I felt like I was just always stood on the side observing everyone else. And I was just plagued with this overwhelming feeling that I didn't fit in and I was never going to. I was already naturally introverted and I had some social anxiety, like I sucked talking to new people, even though I so desperately wanted to have a big group of friends and be popular. But this just made it worse because I had these assumptions about what I was supposed to be like and I immediately started comparing myself to everybody else. Even though I hadn't spoken to them, I knew nothing about them, my brain automatically assumed that they are better than you. They are prettier than you, more intelligent, they have a better life. All of these insecurities had your girl plotting. I would do anything to stop feeling like this. So every single day, I would carefully observe all of the other girls and I would compare myself to every part of them. I would think, you know, how are they walking so confidently? How does their hair look so effortlessly perfect? How do they have the courage to just walk up to anyone at lunch and start up a conversation? And while I thought I was doing myself a favor by studying other people's confidence, I was really just deepening my own insecurities. Comparison is never the answer and it saddens me because I had so much potential back then that remained unfulfilled for several years because I convinced that other people had it better than me. My self-perception was my biggest obstacle throughout all of those years and then I turned 17 and the desire to be in a relationship hadn't quite gone away yet. You know why? Because I truly thought that was the answer to all of my problems. So I'm 17 and I get into my first relationship. It was pure puppy love and I clung on to it so hard I was more obsessed with the idea of having a boyfriend than being concerned about who the boyfriend was and because I was so attached to the idea of someone showing me affection I couldn't see them for who they really were I was more attached to the idea of them and what they could give me rather than whether this relationship was really right for me and because of that I was oblivious for many months that that first boyfriend was trying to get back with his ex the entire time Eventually, I found out and so I ended things with him. But just like any other insecure teenager would do, I did not take the time to heal myself and move on from this breakup and reflect about why I put up with that treatment for so long. Hell no, I started dating somebody else immediately. Now I'm having my second dating experience and it is with someone who sends me paragraphs daily about what they like about me, how much they adore me. Like he really saw me for who I was and he really appreciated all of my quirks. I felt all of my insecurities drifting away immediately. He made me feel like I was a dream girl. He put incredible effort into every single day. He made sure that there were fresh red roses delivered to my door every single week. He would spoil me with random gifts, but no relationship is perfect. I would constantly have to reassure myself, right? 
Like, yeah, we, we argue every other day, but what couple doesn't? Sure, I cry myself to sleep and he hangs up on me and sometimes he swears at me and screams at me, but it's okay, you know? We're just getting used to each other and he does so much for me, you know? He really goes above and beyond for me and, and what other guy would do that for me? Seriously, that was my mindset. For a year and a half, I was trapped in not even a relationship, but an obsession with a narcissist who was emotionally abusing me and love bombing me the entire time. It was this constant hot and cold behavior, this constant withdrawal of affection, manipulation tactics, isolating me from my loved ones that made me so much more addicted to him. He convinced me that he was the only person who would ever love me and give me the life that I dreamed of. And I completely believed him because let's review the facts. What life did I really have to go back to? I had no friends, no social life. I didn't feel good about myself, no confidence. He gave me all of these great experiences. He took care of me. So if that meant that I had to put up with some arguments and tears every other day, then so be it. Because what I experienced before wasn't so great, right? No. What I failed to realize was that I should have been taking care of myself the entire time. I had convinced myself that I needed this person to live when I had been by my own side for the last 18 years. And apparently that just wasn't good enough. This stranger has entered my life. I've only known them for one year out of 18 and I have all of a sudden put them on a pedestal above my self-respect that I will allow myself to be mistreated, to be abused, to be yelled at because I am not willing to go back to a life where I have to be with myself. The relationship finally came to a halt when I started university and I was a heartbroken mess who would stop at nothing to do anything to numb that pain. And without fail, every single day, it would result in overindulgence, going to the club too often, drinking too much than I can handle, and shamelessly flirting to get the attention and the distraction from the fact that I had lost who I thought was the love of my life. Between all of that, I was trying to contact him again. I was telling my friends that I was going to text him again. I was waiting for him to call and take me back. I was in the newest phase of my life with so much opportunity I could have seized with the people I could have met, the extracurricular things I could have done, just the self-discovery that I could have completed and I decided to throw all of that away for a person who disposed of me like they didn't even know me. We did the classic toxic cycle of getting back together and breaking up again over and over and over again until I realized he was never going to change. We would go through breaks and breaks and breaks and I would continuously forgive him and he would come back the exact same person every single time. And although I still didn't want to leave and it made me feel deeply uncomfortable, I decided enough was enough. A new year had started, I was freshly single and I felt deeply alone. I didn't know what to do with myself if I wasn't in a relationship. I did not feel good about myself. I didn't feel like anybody actually cared about me. I wasn't brave enough to put myself out there to make friends with other people because even at this point of my life, I was faking it till I made it, right? And I was I was pretending to be confident to talk to all of these people in university. So I had all of these acquaintances, but deep down, I still had this false belief what I assumed no one really likes you. No one wants to be your best friend. And because of this fear of rejection that I had, because I wasn't confident in who I am and what value I bring to the table, I would keep 
everybody at arm's distance. So they would always see me at parties and we would always do great things as a big group. But if I was going through something, I was not about to lean on anybody's shoulder because deep down, I didn't think that anybody actually cared. So once again, I went through an entire cycle of dating. I was in two more back-to-back relationships. One was with an emotionally unavailable man who I convinced myself loved me. When really throughout that entire relationship, I was chasing him, I was neglecting everything else and because he was so withdrawn from me and not giving me the attention that I was so used to getting from other guys, only his approval mattered and I would do anything to get it. I felt like I cared too much, I found myself constantly apologizing for how deeply I feel but also asking him to act right and be affectionate and he would convince me, you know, I do care about you and I do like you and I would have to ask this man who was my boyfriend to show it. That went on for a few months and eventually I called it quits. It was the end of 2020. I found myself crying on my bedroom floor, looking in the mirror at midnight and I thought, this is it. I have been through this back-to-back failed relationship thing over and over and over again. And I finally came to terms with myself. I realized there is one common denominator between all of these bad situations. And you know what it is? It's me. Why do I continue to find myself in these low vibrational environments with these people who continue to mistreat me? I am seeking them out. I am tolerating this behavior. I didn't know what I needed to change, but all I remember was the word self-love popped in my head. At this point in time, I had no idea what this word meant and I had no idea how I was going to achieve it. But 2021 was just around the corner and I told myself throughout the entire year, I was not going to date. No talking stages, no boys, just me on my own. It was a challenge I had to set for myself just so that I could gather up the last pieces of my dignity and prove to myself that I wasn't dependent on men to feel good about myself and enjoy life. The new year had just started and I had prepped myself by setting all of my new year resolutions. I had a bunch of habits I wanted to start. I had all of these ideas about the person that I used to dream of being, but I never really put the work in to be. So all of a sudden I was actually working out in the mornings and I have never been an exercise girly up until this point. I was working on my dreams. I had my social media side hustle while I was completing my uni studies. And as I was doing all of this stuff, I was feeling really good about myself. I thought, this is easy. I got this. Oh my God, every single day I wake up and my priority is me. It's trying to be better than the person I was yesterday. I'm working towards what I've always wanted and I am making sure that I'm going to get it. This feels incredible. It feels like I'm finally giving back all of that love to myself. But I would be lying if I said it didn't feel so empty and boring at times. I would go through days where I would just pick up my phone repeatedly. It was drier than a mother effing desert, okay? No one was texting me, and it was the first time in my life where I didn't have that kind of attention. And to be honest, my ego needed it. I I was not 100% confident, and I always looked toward other people's opinions of me to feel good about myself. So if somebody said something negative about me, it would rip me to pieces. But now I was going through a phase where no one was really saying anything about me or to me because 
Not only had I quit relationships, but after a few rocky friendships in university, I had cut off a lot of people. I finally took a huge step to prioritize peace over pleasure. And most days it got really boring. There's only so much you can do to fill your time with work and tasks and goals and hobbies. At the end of the day, when you are getting into bed and you have no one to tell about what you did that day, what are you going to do? How do you feel? Do you go to bed feeling this deep pit of loneliness in your stomach? Or do you do what I started doing and you start talking to yourself? This was a major turning point for me. I started keeping this video diary on my phone where I was talking to my future self. And this was a really big act of self-love because it was almost like saying, hey, like I got you. I'm gonna give you all of these memories to look at in the future. And recording all of this is gonna motivate me in the present moment to work extra hard so that you get where you've always wanted to be. And so you're like less stressed out. And that was great because It kind of gave me that best friend relationship of checking in with someone. I would be journaling every night, checking in with my emotions, making sure that I'm okay. I would become my own therapist. I'd give myself advice. And that gave me a lot of the comfort and love that I used to crave from other people. And do you know what happens when you talk to yourself every single day? you learn so much more about yourself. A lot of the time, so many of us are concerned with making new friends, getting that job, rushing to the next stop. We rarely have a moment to ourselves, especially whenever we're traveling somewhere and instead of taking that moment to be present with our thoughts, we're too busy scrolling. We're keeping up with other people's lives rather than the thoughts that are going on in our own mind. I think that is actually the biggest example of self-abandonment, the fact that you go through life every single day and you don't make it a priority. You don't put it in your schedule to journal or be like, let me check in with myself or let me do one thing today that's gonna bring me joy. If you look at your screen time right now, I guarantee you it's multiple hours. And yet most of us can't even remember the last time we took out an hour just for ourselves by ourselves. So I was finally learning to embrace the solitude and embrace the silence of just being with my own thoughts. And then I thought, let me take myself on a date. A day had come where I was just craving to date someone, to be in a relationship. I was really missing it. And then because I had been talking to myself, I took a step back and I asked myself, girl, why can't you take yourself on a date? You want flowers? Go buy them for yourself. And that is the practice I took every single week of that year that I would treat myself. Anything that I would want from a relationship, I would have to give to myself. And that practice changed my life. In a weird way, I felt like I was actually competing with myself for my own affection. Like I was constantly trying to outdo how much I could give myself princess treatment. Like my first Valentine's Day came around, my first single Valentine's Day in three years came around and I bought myself a Dior promise ring. Now I was a student, okay? I was broke. I should not have been spending that money on a Dior ring. Let me tell you that much, but I told myself I deserve this. This is a promise ring. I'm going to wear this every single day and it is going to be a constant reminder that I come first. And the fact that I was going above and beyond my means to treat myself and make myself feel good meant that when this year was over and I eventually returned back to dating, no one could impress me like they could before. Oh my God. I became such a bitch. And you know what? As I should. I was such a nice girl before. I was so concerned with being the easygoing girlfriend. Why? Because I was never my own priority. I was always trying to make somebody else's life easier. Nuh-uh, no more. Now it was all about creating the life of my dreams. And if you're not gonna elevate my life, 
then you're out. And I was already doing so many amazing things for myself. I can take myself out to dine at a fancy restaurant. Thank you very much. I buy myself designer jewelry, apparently. Thank you very much, right? I buy myself flowers. So no, I'm not going to accept a situationship from a boy who can't even respond to my text in a timely manner. Get the hell out of here. I did end up dating a few people and those experiences were so much better than what I had before, especially because there was no more fear. Like the moment that a guy started to act up, he was gone because I was completely content with going back to my life of being alone and not having any texts or talking stages. At this point, it was my final year of university and I'd made it a priority to reach my full potential. And every single day I would wake up at 5 a.m., I would go to the gym, I would get ready, I would go to my part-time job, come back, work on my social media side hustle. Then I would do volunteering at my library. Then I would stay at the library to work on my dissertation or catch up on my university lectures, go home, do some reading, and then go to sleep just to wake up and do it all over again. Occasionally I'd I'd have some social time with my friends, but even that, like it was boring and everybody else is out here clubbing and having the time of their lives and dating and doing all of the fun stuff. And this was another turning point for me where I realized all of this fun stuff that society tries to tell us that we should do is actually just low vibrational stuff. It's distraction on distraction to take us away from ourselves. A lot of people would describe my lifestyle at that time as boring. I describe it as the most transformative experience of my life. In addition to that, I had this mentality where I was reparenting myself. This was another really good self-love technique I learned. You need to get to the point where you are your own child. Like that is next level unconditional love. So no, you would not let yourself go through an entire day without a sufficient meal. You would not let yourself rot in bed all day without moving your body. You want better for yourself. You don't want your mental health to slip. So you're gonna do everything that you can to create a good routine to maintain your happy hormones so that you can live at your best level. When you're starting out, it really comes down to asking yourself, would I let my child do this? If you were talking to a guy, would you be happy if your daughter was dating him? If the answer is no, why the hell are you putting yourself through that treatment? Another really similar way to do this is once I had graduated uni, I'd moved back home and this was crunch time. I was trying to create a career for myself. I didn't want to work for others. So I was trying to set up my own business and try out a bunch of new stuff. And while that was all great and well, my confidence hadn't reached its peak yet. And I was dealing with a lot of self-doubt. There was really just a lot to unpack. Like, yes, I had finally gotten over my obsession with back-to-back dating and male validation. But if we really go back, my inferiority complex was still lingering. And that's why every single time I had these big dreams to start up a new task, deep down, I didn't believe that I was going to succeed at it. I would either have mental images of me failing at the task or while I was trying to create something new, I would criticize myself and I would tell myself it wasn't good enough and that I'm never gonna be able to do this or I'm too dumb to get something done. And to combat that, I found a picture of myself when I was like five or six years old. I hung it up in my bedroom so that every single day I saw it. And every single time I caught myself criticizing myself and being mean, having negative self-talk, I would always catch a glimpse of this picture because it was always in my eye view. And over time, over time, 
the length at which I would be talking down to myself slowly decreased because I'd always catch that picture of myself and stop myself. And eventually it became a habit to not even engage in that negativity ever again. And because I finally got to work back from my self-doubt, that meant that I could put more things into action finally and not hold myself back from it. And with every step I've ever taken, whether it's turning up to a networking event, starting up a new project, posting a YouTube video, it has contributed to my portfolio of proof. And this is the process of consistently stepping outside of your comfort zone so that you can improve the trust that you have within yourself. That means whenever you do encounter self-doubt or whenever you're about to walk into a room and you feel like you don't belong there, you can look back at your portfolio of proof within yourself and you're like, hold up, I can recall X, Y, Z experiences where I thought I couldn't do something and then I did it. So why is this situation any different? And that is the power of sometimes having to force yourself to do the thing that doesn't feel great for your long-term benefit. I also think that's one of the most powerful self-love acts of all, looking out for your future self and always doing them a favor. So now your girl is in her 20s, she's graduated from uni, she's working towards her dream job of being a YouTuber, being on social media, life is great. She's also in the healthiest relationship ever with a guy that she's known for the past few years and it feels like all of the pieces are finally coming together. And all of a sudden, all of this achievement was coming at me. I was working with my dream brands. I had gone from 2,000 to 100,000 subscribers in the space of three months. All of the stuff that I had put on my vision board so long ago was coming to life like magic. Except I encountered a new problem. Every single time I had accomplished something that I always wanted, I would celebrate for a day and I would feel empty the day after. Why? Because I had paired these goals to the feeling of self-love and confidence. I thought, once I get the thing, once I make that amount of money, once I become so-and-so, once I have these friends, have this life, then I'll feel good about myself. But you get the thing, and that's all it is. It's a thing. It has no business increasing your own self-esteem. And that was a mistake I had been making my entire life from going to school and wanting everybody to accept me and be friends with me to back-to-back -back dating with guys waiting for the right one to love me. I was always looking for external validation. I was always looking for other people to put that esteem in me. But why do we do this? The word self is literally in the title, self-esteem. We are the only people that can give it to us. So now I had the achievement and I felt like my dream life was fully in progress. I had finally cut off all of the bad experiences. I had separated myself from any toxicity because I had raised my standards. And now the only work left to do was to fully come to terms with myself. I'm in my early 20s and if I play my cards right and I perfect my self-perception, there's no stopping me. I had to learn that Yes, I was doing the solo dating, I was buying myself gifts, I was giving all of my love languages back to myself, spending time on my own. It was all wonderful and very romanticized. But eventually I realized self-love is also sitting uncomfortably with yourself. Everybody always asks me, how do you deal with the loneliness? And what about when you feel bad about yourself and this and that and when it feels really tough? That's part of it. That's the best part of the journey. That's where majority of the growth happens. When you can sit in silence and you know everything feels really hard, but you're not gonna give up. Just because it feels hard doesn't mean you're gonna go back to what used to feel good, even though it's bad for you. 
you're gonna sit with the discomfort because you owe that to yourself. So I began by recognizing my most recent obstacle at that time, which was that no matter how much I achieved, it wasn't making me feel any better about myself. And that's when I learned for the last few years, I had been placing my confidence and self-esteem in external things. It was only when I got to a certain place, right? Or when I feel pretty, I'll be okay. Or when I get the boyfriend, I'll be okay. There was always another stop, always another excuse to wait for when I was gonna feel okay about myself. And on top of that, that meant that whenever somebody came for me, my parents, you know, when I had haters in school who would make fun of me, or when people told me I was cringe for posting YouTube videos, or when I'd be in a really intense argument with a boyfriend, I would believe every single thing these people had to say about me. It wasn't until I started learning about myself, understanding myself and how far I've come, and deciding, hey, I actually like me. Like I like what I bring to the table. I like my mistakes and how I make them and how I learn from them. I like my values. I like how I treat my friends. I like all of my quirks, my humor, my personality. I could be in the ugliest outfit. I could have the worst hair. I could post the cringiest video ever. And everyone could say something horrible about it, but it wouldn't matter because none of that is me. Nothing can affect your confidence when you know exactly who you are. Because the inner work is the foundation of actually accepting yourself and loving yourself. And that inner work is only achieved when you can sit with yourself so uncomfortably and still accept everything that there is about you. The breakouts on your face, the mistakes you made yesterday, the tests that you failed, and you can look in the mirror and still say, I am okay and I will get to where I need to be, but I am still lovable, and I am still desirable, and I am still deserving of everything that is good in life and everything that I want. People obviously want to be my friend. People obviously want to hang around with me. I want to hang around with me. And this links onto how we even act when it comes to friendships. I used to do this in university so much because I had finally mustered up the courage to talk to people. So as soon as somebody was even in my vicinity, I was trying to make friends with them. For what, please? I've seen so many people do this. I would run at the chance to be friends with someone, to go out for dinner with them before even taking a second to think, are you even gonna be good for me? Do you even align with who I am and my purpose and where I wanna go? If not, I'm completely content with being alone. You are doing yourself a huge disservice when you jump for joy just for the sake of company. It's just another example of trying to get as much distraction as you can from having to be alone. And also just the process of trying to get other people to choose you. Being on your best behavior, trying to be the easygoing girlfriend, trying to be the life of the party, you know, so everyone thinks you're fun and you get invited to the next event and you get accepted into that big group of friends. That is exactly how I behaved for my entire first year at university. The concept of chasing how you're supposed to be normal is trying to fit in with everybody else. Doing everything that's so far from self. The greatest lesson I have learned in my life so far is the gift of not being normal. From being so young and having a very abnormal childhood to going to high school and feeling like an outcast because I wasn't allowed to do all of those normal teenage things and because my relationships with other people were difficult and because I was shy, I look at it now and I'm like, that's why I am who I am today. I, sure, I went through adversities from a young age. If I didn't, would I have anything to speak about online today? Would I be able to help other people with their self-development journey and their confidence and overcoming challenges? Hell no, I wouldn't. Everything happens for a reason. And I am so blessed that I had all of these unique things happen to me that other people don't. 
You can't be great if you're normal. Trust me when I say your biggest weakness that you think you have will end up being your biggest strength. My biggest weakness was that I was a serial data, that I was codependent, that I was constantly relying on male validation. But look at me now. I ended up being single for so long. I ended up getting the relationship I always wanted. And then I got all of the wisdom I needed from those negative experiences to come online and guide people through their dating journeys. Improving yourself is amazing, but it's never the solution to achieving self-love. Self-love is when everything is going wrong and you're making mistake after mistake, just like I did when I was telling you my story. And you sit with yourself through it and think, yes, things are going wrong, but I'm gonna grow from it and I'm gonna learn from it. And I love how I'm gonna come back from this. Same with all of your flaws. I have the same face that I had in secondary school. I hated it then, I love it now. I have wanted a nose job since I was 11 years old, but I look at the mirror in a completely different way now because I don't wanna have a normal face that fits the normal beauty standard. I decided that I was beautiful to look at. And as a result, I walk outside every single day like I am and other people believe it too. And even if no one else believes it, that's okay. Because I'm so done with needing other people to tell me that I'm good enough. Who even are you for me to crave your opinion and your validation? I am the only person that has been by my side my entire life. I am the only person that knows myself inside and out. So why am I coming to you, a stranger or someone I've known for probably about five minutes to tell me how I should feel about myself? And that's what my life looks like right now. And that's my mindset. And my relationship with myself is so strong because I'm not relying on anybody else. My sole priority every single day is to make myself proud. And all of that is exactly how I got to this very moment that I'm speaking to you guys right now. My goodness, has it been a roller coaster? But I have loved almost every single second of it. And I've learned amazing lessons as a result. I hope you guys enjoyed this very first episode. The future episodes will all be very different, but I think this gives you guys a good context into me and how I got to where I am and how I learned certain lessons. But I'm gonna be spilling all of the tea to how to become obsessed with yourself in the future episodes of this podcast. So stay tuned.